Band of Christian Brothers. Hello and welcome to the Band of Christian Brothers program, where men are emboldened to grow in faith and virtue, ultimately for you to become the man God is calling you to be. I am your host, David Gilbert, and today we'll be talking about after RCIA, what now? What does it mean to grow in our Catholic faith after baptism and or confirmation? And also for us cradle Catholics, what more can we do to be engaged and grow in our faith? You can find us, uh, you find Band of Christian Brothers online at bandofchristianbrothers.com or subscribe and download to the podcast from iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow us on Facebook or you can find me on Twitter at Gilbert Speaker. And today we are joined by a good friend, Gregory Watson, uh, who is married to his lovely wife, Melissa, and is a blogger at Serving Ministries. Greg, welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited for another uh, another discussion with you. For sure. So you came up uh, with this topic. Uh, why did you choose, you know, after RCIA, what now? Well, um, quite honestly, to uh, to sum it up in a joke, my friend told me recently uh, about the bats in the belfry at this church. This janitor, custodian of, of, a, of a church, was trying to clear the, the, the belfry out of, uh, get all these bats out. They'd infested it. They were taking it over. He he tried setting up like statues of statues of owls or or putting out traps and bait and nothing was happening. These bats were just always there. He was complaining to the to the priest about this, and the priest like, you know what? Don't worry, I'll take care of it. And the guys like, oh, all right, I don't know what you're gonna do if I can't do it, but you you go for it, Father. And so a couple of days later, he comes back and he notices the belfry is completely clear, no sign of bats. It was almost as if they'd never been there. And he's like, Father, it's a miracle. What did you do? He goes, oh, I baptized and confirmed them. They won't be back. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. But uh, it, it kind of highlights a point um, that, uh, especially when it comes to, to RCIA, apparently the statistic that I heard even just last year, I was sponsoring a girl this past um, year into the faith she was received and baptized at Easter. And uh, right before the Easter vigil, they had a like a RCIA retreat and the retreat giver, uh, leader said that um, their, I guess the statistic is that within the first year, 80% of people who go through RCIA never, like they, they fall away. They, they don't stick with their, their new faith. And uh, like as a convert, someone who's been Catholic and, and loving it for 13 years, I was, I was shocked by, by this statistic. And um, so it prompted the idea of, of well, like, can we talk about this? Can we find out maybe why why do people kind of not stick with it? What is what is the reason that people just kind of wander away? And, and is there something we can do or encourage everyone that's listening to do in order to uh, to stem that tide? Yeah. So, what does it mean to grow then in in our Catholic faith after someone is received, whether it's through baptism or baptism and confirmation, if they're an adult uh, through our say? Yeah, well, um, I think the first thing we need to to really emphasize is, you know, for converts or even for for cradle Catholics who go through the that process of sacraments throughout their lives, um, confirmation, especially confirmation, is not graduation. What? Yeah, it doesn't mean okay. I'm confirmed now. I never have to do this anymore. I thought it was like. Graduation, just like with elementary school, like once you're in grade yeah. eight, 
you know, you graduate from elementary school, you graduate from confirmation. Well, I know our diocese here in Hamilton lowered the age of of, of confirmation uh, to grade seven instead of grade eight, precisely to, in some small way, kind of combat that idea. Because, you know, for so many years, it was like the grade eights get confirmed and then they graduate and go into high school and like those bats, they never are seen again. Hmm. And uh, so, uh, my uh, my pastor at the time was kind of spearheaded that idea of, well, let's move it to, to grade seven. And it kind of caught on for the whole diocese. And he's like, well, then we'll give them a year of, of being confirmed before they graduate to kind of distinguish between the two. Um, but I think the same thing, you know, with, with RCIA is they go through this class and they get to the end of the class. They receive confirmation uh, baptism, if they, they weren't baptized, First Communion, they get it all in one big bang at this huge, huge, awesome, best Mass of the Year ceremony. He's talking about Easter Vigil, for those who are wondering. Yes, I am. But you, you go through this this huge monumental experience, you get all, you know, the major sacraments of, in, uh, well, not the major sacraments of initiation, you get all the sacraments of initiation, all in, in one fell swoop, and then you're done, hooray! You're a Catholic, you can go off and, I don't know, Never come back again, and uh, and sadly that apparently seems to be the majority. Hmm. And I mean, in my mind, I always thought like coming from a from a Protestant background, it was very much a oh, you just pray the sinner's prayer and ask Jesus into your heart and you're saved, and that's you know that's it, that's it, you're done, hooray, you know, come to church. But you know, there was no you know holy day of obligation or whatever kind of uh, hmm. you know rule about going to church. It was, you know, the Jesus and me kind of, of mentality, that, you know, personal relationship with Jesus meant I didn't need this whole church trappings thing. It was beneficial, but not mm-hmm. mandatory. Do you think that's because, you know, the sacraments aren't properly explained or that that mystery of those sacraments and the need of the sacraments? Do you think that's that's part of the of what's lacking or? Maybe. Um, I, I think that that, that would probably be part of it um i think there might be a lot of it too with uh you know i mean obviously while the church has backed off of strictly requiring a spouse to convert to catholicism in order to get married in the church there's still kind of that pressure i think maybe from the other spouse the catholic spouse's family yeah that you you kind of tell that line so i think there's still a lot of converts who are just coming quote unquote to get married so they're not really invested. Well, and, I, mean, I, and I mean, I've that seen, might be an unfair generalization. But well, I've seen other converts too, where they they convert and they convert their kids so they can get into the Catholic education system. At least true. here in Ontario, yeah, you know that's publicly funded and yep. privatize that. Come on now, that's right. Let's get our acts together. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> so do you, do you think uh, aside <laughs> that's, that's another show for another time? Yes, another <laughs> show for another time, a, a little bit more controversial. But yeah. so so um, I guess another one would be uh, um, you know how involved are you are in your local parish, right? True, true. So um, like I know personally, like the more the more you're invested in something, the more you're going to stick to it, right? Yep. So the less skin in the game, the less likely you're going to stick in. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that that reminds me too, like the whole RCIA process itself. Um, the, there's there's a, a sociological phenomenon, like you just said. The harder something is to join, the more committed those members will be to it. Yep. And yet, we make RCIA 
and we make you know becoming a Catholic just as easy as possible. Well, it's pretty easy, but also too it's shorter. I mean, yeah. now it's uh, what September to whenever Easter will be, whether yep. it's uh, February, March, or well, I don't know Not February, February, but March or April. Yeah. Um, where before I think it was like several years, like back in the back early in church. The, yeah, in the yeah. early church, it could it could be up to about three years. Yeah, of really studying and, and being formed in that faith, and during that time in the early church, like if you weren't baptized, uh, they would actually like, you know, you we have the the liturgy of the word and the liturgy of the Eucharist, and in the early church, um, you would leave after catechumens, the yeah, they would the leave word. after the liturgy of the word after the creed was said. That was you know that was the exit time for for those who weren't baptized. Yeah, and. Um, and so, like, there was that that element of exclusivity. It's like you know, it's it's kind of like that the the exclusive club um, uh, uh, mentality that you know, like when people go clubbing. Not that I ever did, because okay. Those, so you're giving a, uh, an explanation that you can't really relate to, but yeah, but, yeah. You know, continue. I've I've heard stories. <laughs> I've heard stories. That's it. Um, you know, but like the the more limited the access mm-hmm. to to something is. The more people think, oh, that's got to be the place to be. Yeah, the most desire, more desirable it becomes. Yeah. The more, yeah, the more unattainable, the more, the more desirable. And you know, you see like these the, the clubs. Or at least I don't know. I've seen them in the movies. I don't know. Whatever. I don't go clubs. Oh, where people are lining up and you got to be on a guest up, list. Up, you got, yeah, and exactly. You got the bodyguard the checking VIP it. VIP room and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And you know, um, I don't know if if, if we should go completely that way, like that uh, HBO series, The Young Pope and his little inaugural papal address. I haven't seen that, but I, I've seen clips. A clip I've seen of, of his inauguration address um, where he says, like, yeah, like making the church much more exclusive in order to make it more attractive. And I'm, like, I don't know if I want to yeah. go all the way. Well, I wouldn't say like make it more way. exclusive, but I mean, yeah. definitely put in your time. Make it, but make it make it more difficult. But also, too, I think we just lost that sense of mystery. Yeah, like like everything in this world, we have to be able to quantify it, identify it. You know, I need mm-hmm. to feel, taste, and touch it. And so we've simplified things and taken the mystery out of the faith. And it's like, no, there's a yeah. there's a lot of deep mysteries out there. And I think that's what draws people in. But that also helps people dive deeper to try and mm-hmm. understand those mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Um, C.S. Lewis, when uh, I mean, in his book *Mere Christianity*, I believe, uh, when he's talking about you know the Trinity and, and the mystery of the faith and, and everything like that, he's like, if you can, if you can figure God out completely, then it's you know that's probably not God. Yeah, you know? and that'd be boring, anyways. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the whole the whole concept of the beatific vision is that we spend eternity with God, contemplating Him, and and basically all eternity we're trying to figure out God. You know, we're exploring the depths of that mystery of of his providence, of his eternity, of of his majesty, of his of his trinity, of his very being. And you know, like that will never get boring. That will never become uninteresting, and we will never solve it because he is eternal. Yep. And uh, you know, for someone like me, I guess who who loves that kind of puzzle and mystery and and wonder, like that's that's amazing. Um, but yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean. I remember hearing um, about some RCIA people who who taught an RCIA class in, in I think it was in Toronto. They take that job very seriously of of being you know the the RCIA instructors or whatever. And if if it gets to the end and they're asked, are these people ready to 
to be welcomed into the church, they will actually say no if they don't believe a person is, is ready. They will they will say, I think they need to, to do another year or, or whatnot. And it's like, wait, what? You fail people in our CIA? Yeah. Which yeah. I think would be more motivation too to kind of get yeah. your act together yeah. and, and understand the faith. But I think getting involved in the local parish too, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's the obvious ones, right? You have the Knights, you have the yeah. CWL. But yeah, also I, too, there's very various Bible study groups. There's also... Sure. Um, Certain parishes have even the Band of Christian Brothers, you know, men's fraternity groups. I know several of them, and there's there's more Shameless coming up. Shameless self promotion, exactly. <laughs> so, but it is, it's true, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, getting involved there. Uh, but, anyways, Greg, what were you going to say while I was talking about the Knights or CWL? Oh, I was just going to say like one night that was dedicated to having one of the Knights of Columbus come in and tell us how great it is to be a Knight of Columbus, and you know, an equivalent night for the CWL, and pretty much nothing besides that at least at the time that I went through. And uh, I mean, admittedly that was like 13 years ago. Um, but I mean like there wasn't like a plug for, for the youth ministry or, you know, a plug for, you know, other ministries in the, in the church or apostolates in the church, uh, to know how to get involved beyond, uh, I could volunteer for our CIA next year or, you know, become a knight or CWL, uh, lady. Um, yeah, and there's also Bible studies, Rosary Apostles, yeah, yeah. things like that. Legion of Mary, which I mean, to be honest, I still know very, very little about. But the the stuff I know about the Legion of Mary sounds amazing. Yeah. Like I'd love to get you know to know more about who these people yeah. are. But I guess things you too. Know. It just depends on what parish, right? I mean, some parishes are are more active than others, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just the reality of things. I mean, we moved. Uh, from a very active parish, a young, vibrant parish, to a, a much smaller, older one. Right. And it's very difficult, other than Knights and CWL, there isn't many opportunities to get involved. Mm-hmm. And so, and for me personally, anyways, you know, the Knights, they, you know, it, it just doesn't jive with me. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just, you know, it might not suit your personality or lifestyle at that point in time. Right. And so it's kind of like you have to almost create you know, your own community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, trying to grab other couples or other men, individuals after mass before yeah. they leave and be like, hey, how's it going? You know, invite them to brunch or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that was one of the hard things for, for me coming into the church. Um, like I came from a Pentecostal background and uh, my my old church after the service like we'd spend like it would be like an hour and a half service and then I wouldn't get out of the building for at least another half hour because of all the different people like we would just mill around in the the foyer you know as catholics we call it a narthex but as yeah protestants it was a foyer and uh we would we would stand around and we would just talk to each other and then you know figure out oh where do we want to go for lunch you know and then we'd all head over to Swiss chalet and uh yeah and, well, and sadly know, too, I mean, when you go to a Catholic parish, though, I mean, it seems like it's, it's a race it's, out the it's door. Ra- it is. It's a race of the. It's who can get to their car fastest, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if if there is milling around, it's it's only for a couple minutes. Um, just make sure you get your bulletin and say hi to Father. Yeah. Or it's milling around before Mass or while Mass is still going on. And it's like, come uh, on, guys. Yeah. So I mean, so it, it's it's kind of hard too, you know, like to have community. Um, you know, like I know there's an aspect of, of mass and of, of church where it's, you know, it's, it's about you encountering Christ in the Eucharist 
and you know there's a lot of people who who don't like the almost seem to to be um against uh the community aspect of church but i think you know like vatican ii um and and a lot of the changes that happen after vatican ii while perhaps drastic and and too far um the emphasis on on the church as community i think was was a good one to have it just kind of got taken yep. too far to the to the opposite polar extreme and i think there needs to be um well that, that kind of i don't know if it was taken to the extreme i think the problem is is that because people leave after mass so far away right you know right after father feels like he needs to build community during mass during mass. and yeah. that's not when it's yeah. appro- appropriate it's after mass after ma- exactly not after mass. not during mass not before mass mm-hmm. but the problem is is that because the community itself you know, leaves and is fragmented or, or you know, is in cliques, yep. father feels the need that he has to build community during Mass. And I think that's where we kind of go downhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I uh, don't mean to leave it off on a, on a negative note, but uh, we're going to have to take a break and we'll be right back after you after this. All right, and we're back, and we were just talking about um, building, you know, being intentional in terms of building up that community, because sometimes we're just in a parish that, you know, is not that active, or people are just racing off after church, and so we really need to take that time, take make that effort, that extra effort to meet people, stop people in the parking lot, engage with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg, did you want to add anything to what we were just discussing? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, as, as much as... as the RCIA class can, can seem kind of, you know, maybe perhaps overly structured for what some people are looking for, or, you know, when they're confirmed that it feels like graduation because they just took a class and, you know, got their quote unquote diploma at the end. Um, RCIA, you know, um, ideally it's supposed to have what's known as mystagogy afterwards. So from Easter to Pentecost, there's still supposed to be RCIA classes that are sort of, helping you kind of adapt to that new life, going into, you know, certain teachings of the church, especially the sacramental teachings of the church, at an either even greater depth uh, now that you've had the chance to experience those, so that the process continues. So it's not like, okay, you got your sacraments, you know, hmm. have fun. See, I, I've never heard of that. So. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that was something that, that was stressed when I went through RCIA, but I know the RCIA program that I just... Um, was a sponsor with my friend this year. They didn't do that. And hmm. it was like, you know, so I get a text from her because, you know, I'm still her sponsor. I get a text from her a few days later. She's like, I, I think I'm struggling with my faith already. And, you know, she's got all these questions and, and, you know, like they seem like, you know, to me at least fairly straightforward questions that I felt should have been addressed already. And I, you know, I'm more than happy to answer them. That's my role as her, as her godfather. Yeah. But, um, I'm like, how did you get this far without that? You know, what, what was our CIA doing? And, uh, you know, that's, that's where that mystagogy comes in that, that follow up. But the, uh, the RCIA can be that way of at least starting to grow in community. It's like, okay, so maybe you're not at a very active parish, but you've got RCIA there. You've got like a few other things bond with your classmates, bond with the, your sponsors, their sponsors, the teachers and stuff, so that when it's over, you still have a relationship with some of the people at that parish. 
And maybe, you know, taking that opportunity to network through them with other people in the parish, be introduced to other people. You know, you might click it off and, and, and you know, make new friends, um, you know, lifelong friends, family friends, um, or uh, find other avenues to be involved. Maybe there's other people in that church. They've been Catholic all their life and they, they feel like they're missing X, but they don't have the experience to do that. But you, have, who are now coming into the church, you have that experience. Maybe you were a Protestant before and you know how to run a Bible study because Protestants tend to highlight that. And they're like, I wish we had a Bible study at this parish. And you're like, I could facilitate that. Maybe you don't feel qualified to, to teach it right away, but there's so yeah. many great Catholic resources and you know how to, to set up a group and, and, and guide them through stuff like that. Yeah, well, you bring up a good point, right? I mean, having those resources, having that that knowledge to start setting up a group. And I think even with not just those who have gone into the faith, but even us credo Catholics, right? We need to continue to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, what, what our problem is, whether we are initiated as an adult, you know, through RCIA, or, you know, we graduate, quote unquote, during our confirmation, you know, our, our faith journey doesn't end there. No. Our, our, our journey in striving to understand and know, love, and serve God, because that's our mission in life, right? Yeah. To know, love, and serve God is continual, right? Mm-hmm. And so what are we doing to to build up our knowledge, right? Yep. Like if I was to have a relationship with my wife, but I never took the time to get to know her and I never spent the time with her, what kind of relationship would I have in the end? Right. Probably not a good one. And I mean, like that's, you know, and I mean, that's true, like right off the bat where it's like, okay, I've, you know, like you're dating, you're, you know, you're engaged, you're still getting to know her, you get married first few years, you're getting to know her in the in the context of now we're living in the same place and all those you know, fun little idiosyncrasies that you don't experience on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, or you thought were cute, it. but now they're annoying. Now they're, now they're annoying, yeah, exactly. There's always more to learn, and there's just always more to to talk about, you know? Like, it's like, okay, I've learned everything I need to know about you. I don't have to ask you about your day. You know, every day is different. So, like, one of my favorite parts of the day is picking my wife up from, from her job and... and talking about how her day was or letting her vent about how horrible it was, if it was, or, or telling her, you know, how great or not great my day was at work. And it's the same, the same thing with, with God and God is infinite. God is huge. And the Catholic church, um, teachings are vast in an attempt to, to comprehend God and 2000 years of, of trying to suss this out. There's a lot there. Like I, as I said, I've been a Catholic now for, for 13 years and I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, and taking that time to to learn, and I remember like uh, when I first was becoming Catholic, it was a, a pretty steady diet of Scott Hahn, and then I kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, I think I need to read something other than Scott Hahn before I become a, a Hahnite instead of a Catholic, <laughs> you, you know, go. and uh, you know, and, and starting to explore that, and then you know, so then I'd, I'd start reading like deeper theology stuff, and then I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start reading Lives of the Saints and and writings of the saints, so that I'm not just getting like theological. Mm-hmm doctrinal apologetics whatever but like the actual spiritual content of how to live and that's the thing there's there's so many things out there whether it's you know theological philosophy uh philosophy you know lives of the saints you know but Mm -hmm. also too different mediums right i mean you have books movies homilies talks music you know going to events and conferences like uh serbian ministries conference that's right or a band of christian brothers men's conference which is usually february or march if those are wondering but uh (laughs) shameless plug there but but anyways so there's so many different 
re- so many different resources, so many different mediums that you can get it, especially now with the internet and everything else. It's true. Um, there's really no excuse to continue l- your learning. I mean, I know you were saying that, uh, you know, before you converted, you were part of, uh, you know, a Bible college. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for me, I, uh, I didn't have any formal training. It was just, you know, I grew up a creative Catholic. I kind of took it, took for granted what I believed in. But as I grew in my faith, as I journeyed along, you know, w- with the books and the internet, like I was kind of self-taught, I mm-hmm. self-taught myself understanding what the faith is and stuff. And so there, there really is no excuse in, to, to continue to learn. Right. And, yeah. and there's always something there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that brings me to the next point is, you know, once you, you know, are learning and you're growing in your faith and your knowledge in, in God, um, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to relate to friends and family who are still outside the church yep. or, or those who are inside the church, but they've yeah. stayed at the same spot they did when they were in grade eight, when they had their confirmation, yeah. uh, or those who were received into the church in RCIA, uh, but they're the only Catholic there. Um, you know, it's tough, you know, especially with, you know, so how do you relate to your family and friends who are still outside the church? But then also too, it's tough, especially in our postmodern, post-Christian society, where people are either hostile to the faith, or they look as as if you're, uh, you know, a, an idiot with a, a tinfoil hat on. Yeah. So, or or they're just indifferent altogether. They can't imagine why you would, why you would convert to a different religion because they're all pretty much the same anyway. You know, and uh, yeah, it is that is tough yeah. for sure. Like my family is still Pentecostal, um, and I remember when I was converting or shortly after I was converting. So actually I think it was a year after. Yeah. It was the following Easter because 2005 Pope John Paul II died within a week of my granddad. And I remember my mom just like, you know, all the news reports about the Pope's death and everyone's all Santo Sabito, Santo Sabito, make him a saint now kind of thing. And she's like, how come Pope John Paul II gets to go straight to heaven, but granddad had to go to purgatory. And I'm like, I really want to answer your question, but you're not asking me because you want to know the answer. You're asking me because you're grieving and you're hurt and you're angry and you're, like, you're grieving the loss of your father and you're grieving the loss of my, you know, sanity, apparently, because you think I'm giving it all up to be Catholic. I'm giving up a relationship with Jesus and we're not able to have a conversation right now about that. And I had to know that as much as I wanted to you know, evangelize my mom that I had to, to respect that she wasn't going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just, I said point blank to her, like, yeah, we're not going to talk about that now. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so what would you say then, especially since you're, you know, you're kind of in a different boat or, or experience than I've mm-hmm. had, you know, how do you relate to your, your family then that's, you know, outside the church? Like what, yeah. how, how have you worked that out or, or what has your, has your experience been? Um, we uh we take it slow. <laughs> um there's occasionally uh it seems like we're just we're walking on eggshells so that you know we don't we don't give offense because you know what does Jesus say prophets not without honor except in his own family in his own you know town or whatever. Um so the the people who are often the least likely to listen to you are those closest to you. No. And so you really have to be discerning really really prayerful really really humble 
um, and teachable in, in those moments where it's like, you know, experience, you've learned all this stuff, you've got this whole new, you know, relationship with God that's a, a whole new, you know, dimension of spirituality that maybe you've never experienced before and you just want to tell everyone about it because it's the most amazing thing that's happened to you and they don't want to hear it. And you can, there's a, there's a very big tendency to, to show off almost because it's so great. You're like, you're so overwhelmed by, yeah, you have this kind of zeal. Yeah. 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 That you just want, you want everyone to experience what you just experienced. And that's a good desire, but it needs to be tempered because not everyone's at the same place that you're at that's willing Mm. to to accept what you have to give. Yeah, but that takes a lot. I think tempering that zeal, though, takes a lot of prayer, yep. discernment, uh, you know, and humility to a certain degree, right? Because, Absolutely. I mean, as much as it was God's will for you to get to know him and to come closer through the Catholic Church, uh, you know, at the same time, that, that zeal can almost take over us and it's almost kind of like this uh, this religious pride i yeah. guess right and we yeah. need to be able to to humble ourselves and to approach it or at least approach others mm-hmm. uh you know in a more um fruitful yeah. way that they'd be more receptive to the message i guess you could say yeah and that 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 zeal and, and pride can often often be encouraged you know in a in an indirect kind of way by the reception you you can sometimes get from Catholics who sometimes almost look at converts like like rock stars you know um especially if if you are a fairly knowledgeable one or or like a former protestant or especially like the closer you were to being an ordained minister and then becoming catholic you know like yeah. like people like Scott Hahn um you know who's awesome but you know like they're just like oh wow you know like you know so much and you have so much to teach us and blah, 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 blah. And, and, you know, like when you're a new convert and you're like, I have stuff to teach you, I'm all that. And it can, it can be a very strong temptation towards um, that, that spiritual zeal in a, in a, in a negative way. Yeah. You know, I think it's very important to have, um, and hopefully like when you are becoming Catholic and you're, you're looking for a sponsor, you, you, know someone or can find someone who has that depth of maturity that they can help temper you during that process the whole from beginning to end well temper you but not blow out that flame at the same time right it's a a fine balance there's that balance exactly um because that's the other danger too it's like either they're treating you like a rock star or they're treating you like a second class citizen it's like there's no there's no in between yeah you know so it it uh it can be hard either way and then you know obviously you're the people in the life you've left behind aren't necessarily the most understanding people either. So there's all of this, you know, there can be a lot of opposition there that can, that can either really douse that flame or have the opposite effect of, of um, depending on your personality, like how do you re- uh, respond to challenges? It's like, oh, everyone's challenging me. I'm going to, you know, push back and, you know, you almost co- overcompensate for that. Yeah. And, you know, there needs to be, you know, in one sense, it's like you need to, to know that you're still the student and that's again why you know having the equation between like a confirmation and a graduation is such a dangerous thing um because confirmation should be it's it's like the beginning of the new mature life in in the spirit and it always feels like it's it's the end i've arrived yeah and you know instead it's, it's just the beginning of being a full member into the church exactly and uh 
And so when you're at the beginning, you're still the student. You're still the rookie. You still have a lot to learn from those who've gone before. But you feel like now I'm the graduate. And I mean, even if you're like 30, 40 years old, when you convert, you still feel like you you, kind of almost end up regressing to the 18-year-old kid who knows everything. Yeah. You know. But when when the master is is God, uh, you'll forever be the student. You'll never become the master. But but we are here to (laughs) not become masters, but to become saints. Yeah. Right? And that's when, you know, we we pick ourselves back up Mm -hmm. and we continually strive to know, love, and serve God. And so I guess to kind of wrap things up, you know, what do we do now? You know, after being, you know, received into church after RCAA, but also too, what do we do now as Catholics who have grown up in the faith, Mm -hmm. but perhaps maybe through life or whatever, we've kind of stagnated, you know, I think it's important. We need to get more involved in the parish, right? More skin in the game, you know, but also too, I mean, when you have, when you hang around with more like-minded people, you know, it's scientifically proven that you become the common denominator of your group. And so if the common denominator of your group is Christ, then you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. But if not, then, you know, it, it can stray you away. So, yep. you know, it, it's important to get involved in your parish, get involved, get to know other other Catholics. Yep. If you can't, be intentional about building that community yourself if there's mm-hmm. no community. Mm-hmm. And always continuing to learn more. We always got to keep moving because, you know what, dead bodies float, f- float downstream, yep. right? We got to keep moving, keep learning. And uh, and then Greg, thank you so much for for sharing with us in terms of you know how do we relate to friends and family yeah. who are outside, right? We gotta love them. That's that's the main thing you can do. Don't try to don't try to show off your new faith. Don't try to to beat them over the head with it. You know you want to show them what it means to be a Catholic. You show them your love, and you you know you wait for them to come to you. Amen, brother. Well, I think we'll leave it off at at love. So Greg, thank you for joining us again on the program. Uh, if people want to find you, uh, find your online articles or get a hold of you, how can they do that again? Uh, the primary way would be serviaministries.com uh, slash blog. I post an article at that site every second Friday. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the primary thing. Um, I have a couple other blogs that need updating drastically. Uh, Bark of Peter, B-A-R-Q-U-E of Peter.blogspot.ca. And doubting hyphen Thomist, as in a follower of the philosophy of St. Thomas Aquinas, T H O M I S T, at blogspot or dot blogspot dot ca. Um, that one has a lot more spiritual reflections. The first one has a lot more apologetical. Uh, the second one also has some of my artwork. I do paintings and drawings and, and whatnot. So. Yes, and they're very nice, and uh, but also too, you do some great work on the uh, the Serbian blog. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's that's the primary one right now because it's the most regular one. Anyways. I have I have a schedule and deadlines for that one. It's there you go. <laughs> I have I have a boss that I have to submit things to rather than just trying to do it for my own hobby. Awesome. Can well, anyways, God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for joining us again. This has been uh, very fruitful. And uh, for those of you who are listening, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Listen to us at bandofchristianbrothers.com, iTunes, or Google Play. And remember, iron sharpens iron. Become the man God created you to be. Signing off in here today. God bless you. Bye-bye.